Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of season two of the Normal Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Whipple, and today we're going to start out a little something new. For this season, I'm going to start featuring some of my favorite products for birthing moms, um, and I'm going to do it all for free. So if you have a product you would like to promote or a product that you really loved that you want to bring to my attention, send me a message. Let me know what it was. And if it's something that I loved as well, I would be happy to throw that out there. So the first thing that I'm going to say for this month, we are going to talk about ah sits baths. Um, If you've never used a sits bath, it's kind of an awkward subject. Uh, It's basically a little spa for your bottom. You put a little plastic tub in your toilet You fill it with warm water and nice soothing salts or soaks, and it feels so good on your perineal area. Um, It's really good for healing postpartum tears, that kind of swelling, pressure, hemorrhoids, any of those kinds of issues that you're having with that entire bottom area there feels fantastic. And I gotta say, I had never used a sits bath, even after two children, but when the people at AH Postpartum Recovery Products reached out to me and said, hey, would you be willing to try our product? I did. Um, And I I gotta say, ladies, uh, I'm gonna keep it on hand because I'm not sure we're done having kids and I want this around. It would have made a world of difference for me in that few weeks after the postpartum period where where you're kind of having issues using the bathroom and lots and lots of pain and sensitivity and it it just would have been a nice soothing something to have on hand. I really wish I'd had it so I'm definitely going to hold on to it. If you are interested in trying out a sits bath you can find them. They are on Amazon. They have a website soothic.com that's s-o-o-t-h-i-c.com. You can get 10% off their sits baths if you go through their Instagram page so I'm going to link that in my post Um, but it's soothic underscore care and thank you guys so much they were so kind to send me a a free sample product but guys it is fantastic I highly recommend you checking out their stuff Um, so without further ado this month we are talking to Britain and Britain um, is a former co-worker of mine and she had moved away for a while come back to the middle Tennessee area which is where I live and she was so kind to share her birth story with me. I knew that she was struggling a little bit postpartum because she had been open about it on social media, but I was just so floored to hear everything that she has gone through in her story. Guys, in her words, it takes a village. You need the support. You need to be able to talk to somebody. And if you can't talk to your family or your care providers, some something is wrong. You need to be able to talk to somebody. Um, if you're having trouble finding somebody, reach out to me. I will help you find the village that you have available to you. Um, but no one should have to go through this alone. And furthermore, there are so many women who are going through this who feel like they're alone and they're not. So I'm so grateful that you are going to get to hear Britton tell her story um, so that you know you know, it, we're all going through this on different levels, and I'm I'm so glad that you're you're gonna get just a little taste of man. Like I, it's not just me, cause it's not it's not just you. All right, thank you guys.
Hi, welcome to the Normal Birth Podcast. Um, Britton is my guest today. Hi, Britton. Thanks for coming Hi. on with me. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, it's a pleasure to have you on. Now, um, you and I have, have known each other, uh, I guess, from a distance for a few years. We used to work together. Yeah. yeah. yeah so <laughs> tell me about your life since since then. <laughs> since then, yes. Um, so you and I worked together at Medforms. And then my now husband and I moved um, to the beach. It was actually, let's see, it was like four years ago, almost exactly four years ago. Huh. Um, and we just moved to the coast because, um, you know, we weren't married at the time. We didn't have kids and we were both at kind of like a crossroads in our life. And just, um, I don't know, it's, it all ended up being like a very like God led thing. Yeah. Um, and so many beautiful things happened to us while we were there so many doors opened like I don't know we just felt God's presence the whole time and even coming back here um since then but yeah so during our time down there um living and loving our life and you know going on in our careers and um we ended up getting married and just growing our relationship um we also had my mom move in with us um like four months after we got married um and she lived with us for like a year and a half and she actually ended up moving back to Tennessee just a, I don't know, couple months before us. Okay. So she's back here now too. Um, but yeah, so we got pregnant with uh, my little boy and um, we had him and um, everything just kind of fell into line to come back home. Yeah. Which I'm sure we'll cover, you know, later on once we've, <laughs> you know, gotten through all the nitty gritty details. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your, your decision to, to have a baby or was that a decision? How, how was that for you? Yeah. So we were, how long have we been married at that point? Probably six months, probably six months. You know, he and I had been talking about having a family since pretty much since we started dating, Mm -hmm. we knew that if we stayed together, like that would be our ultimate goal. Yeah. So, um, but see, I had Nexplanon in my arm, mm-hmm. which is an implant or whatever. And I do not recommend that to anyone. Okay. Um, I had it in my arm and uh, I ended up getting it out at five, you know, after five years of having it, a little over five years. Mm-hmm. So that was about six months or so before we got pregnant. Um, it had moved in like around in my arm and it had gotten stuck and they could not get it out in the office because it's supposed to be just an in-office procedure. Yeah. Well, they didn't find it. And they dug around uh, with their fingers Ow. and everything. Could, oh, it was painful. I had literally like five doctors look at it oh. and um, they just couldn't find it. So I had to have it surgically removed. So that was a big ordeal, like go under anesthesia and everything. Oh um, my so gosh. No, yeah, it was no. Fun. So, um, so, you know, I saw, I, you know, got established with an OB um, where we were living on the coast and I got that scheduled to get out of my arm. <clears throat> and I said, you know, at this point, I'm just going to try to let my system kind of work itself out. Um, I haven't had a period in, you know, over a year at that point, like mm-hmm. it, they were very just few and far between with that implant in my arm. Okay. I was going to ask, is that common with it or was that your body? Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. That was very common. So over that five-year period, I did not have many periods. <laughs> so um, I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to let my you know, Bonnie kind of sort itself out, get its, Mm -hmm. the hormones regulated or whatever. And we're just gonna see what happens. Yeah. And he said, well, if you go at it like that, you know, within a year you have, 
let's see, what did he say? Within six months, he's like, you have a 50-50 shot of being pregnant. Yeah. He's like, so chances are you'll get pregnant within the year. And I really didn't believe that because um, after I got that out, my period started within like a month or so of me getting that um, Mm -hmm. taken out of my arm. But then they were still, you know, 40, 50 days in between them. There was no regularity. I was tracking everything because I wanted to see if I could just see, you know, anything in my, like I was using, what was it? Ovia. I think it was Ovia tracker. And I just wanted to see um, if I could see any patterns establishing and like how long it took for my system to kind of like get on track. Well, there were no patterns and there was nothing to, there were no correlations. And um, I, so like five months go by mm-hmm. and, you know, every, I'm just like, who knows? I'm not going to stress about it because he told me within a year, you know, I have good odds. If not, we will look at some other options after that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, my 30th birthday comes and in the few weeks leading up to my 30th birthday, I just start feeling terrible this is like right after the new year yeah because <clears throat> I'm a January baby and I'm just like I literally thought it was because I was turning 30 I mean that is a thing but <laughs> yeah I was like I mean I guess this, this is happening very quickly like I just felt like I had a virus you know what I yeah. mean like it just didn't feel good and um at this point looking back I, I'm pretty sure I know the night that I ovulated because I thought I was coming down with something mm. that was the night that my husband cut part of his finger off and I had to take him oh, to no. the emergency room and it it was just a whole thing um oh. anyways so, it, um, so uh, um, to recap his finger is repaired <laughs> yeah his finger is <laughs> okay. repaired that thing took forever Good. um forever he brought it to me I was in my room just in the bed underneath the heat <laughs> bath feeling like heck just like feeling like I'm dying like I'm coming down with the flu or something he brings it in and it looks like a piece of shaved shallot or something like oh. he was using a mandolin in the kitchen oh yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't do well with um, all that. So that was, yeah. it was a memorable night. <laughs> so a couple of weeks after that, I'm not trying to take so long to get to this point. A couple of weeks after that pass or whatever, and I'm at work and I'm just, I just don't, I just don't feel well. And my coworkers that I'm in the room with, they, everything they have for lunch or breakfast, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot, like, it's just so potent and I can't stand the smell of anything. Yeah. And they're also eating the things that I just naturally hate. Okay. So I didn't think too much of it. Yeah. And so anyways, and then I start to like when my period might've been due, if there were any pattern whatsoever, Mm -hmm. it would have been starting. Well, I didn't have a period and I started spotting and I spotted for three days and okay. So just a tidbit right here. My twin sister was pregnant. She got pregnant three months before me. Okay. So, and she didn't have any of these symptoms. Nothing was the same. And I just thought, what are the odds that we will get pregnant at the same time? You know, <laughs> anyway, so, I, so I was spotting or whatever and, but it didn't pick up and it wasn't like a period, like it was brown, like it was mm-hmm. like old blood and everything. Yeah. Nothing happened on that month. Like I go through the weekend, I, it comes to like Monday and I'm still feeling just weird and off. <clears throat> so I ended up going to get a pregnancy test on my lunch break. And I go home, walk, I take the test. It immediately turns up positive. And I'm yeah. like, I'm just in shock. <clears throat> so I immediately run out to the car to get my phone to call my mom and my husband and let them know. 
and I'm freaking out. <clears throat> I'm like, this can't be real. This can't be real. <laughs> Even though I feel like I've taken a million pregnancy tests in the past, you know, um, I was, I, it just, it was amazing. It was just like in the twilight zone. I felt like everything was in slow motion. It was a whole thing. It is and unfathomable. So, like <laughs> it is. When you see that turn up, you're like, is yeah. that real? I mean, I stared that thing over. I turned it around. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was scared and I was shaking and no one was with me because I'm on my lunch break and no one can talk for long. Um, so I take my dog on a walk and I come back and I take the other pregnancy test just to be sure. And it was positive too. Oh, so, wow. uh, and that was a week after I turned 30, almost a week to the day after I turned 30. So, and so that was like a, you said that was on your lunch break. So that's yeah. not first morning urine. So that's like pretty no. high levels of hormone. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> and so um, I thought, you know, it it's probably stupid, but I don't know. I just had this inkling. And because a week prior, whenever we had been selling, no, it wasn't even the week prior, was it? It was just like a couple of days before that we were celebrating my birthday. Mm-hmm. I don't know, a week or a couple of days before, like we were having my favorite things at dinner. We were having wine, we were having scallops and oysters and stuff Mm -hmm. and I just honestly found it so hard to eat any of it oh we were at one of the nicest restaurants in the area and I just did my best to get it down yeah but anyways (laughs) so yeah (laughs) your body knows (laughs) it really does so that is how so it was I had it was semi-planned is what I say you know yeah. like, it was kind of planned like it was kind of open we weren't trying to prevent it and yeah yeah so how'd your husband take it <laughs> yeah he was he was like shut up no no we're not you know, like he was like are you playing with me right now he you know he's like you're just doing you're saying oh I'm pregnant you know like I'm pregnant I'm having all these symptoms I'm pregnant yeah. like, like he didn't think I was being for real at first I'm like no, oh I am you're like no here's the test (laughs) he was like oh my god he called his parents so fast Mm. it was funny he was at work I could not wait like I I wish I could be one of those people that you know you see on the TikTok and they they have all these like long drawn out cute things they come up with to tell their (laughs) partner and I'm like I can't yeah those patients oh they're so patient I don't (laughs) yeah I have zero patience No way. No, I think I took a shower between finding out and telling my husband and that was all I could handle. (laughs) Yeah, enough to like have a breath. Yeah. And a moment. Just uh, Just a moment. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So tell me about your prenatal care. I mean, you were kind of planning, but also like not really expecting it to happen. Yeah, you know, I honestly was I was happy, but I'm also in retrospect, kind of disappointed in the care that I had. Mm -hmm. So my sister who was at Vanderbilt, you know, or she was doing her care at Vanderbilt, you know, we're talking the whole time during our pregnancies and I'm really disappointed in the level of care that she, um, she received there. In fact, she almost died. Oh, she, she has, a such a birth story. Um, in fact, I'm actually going to tell her about you and your podcast. Tell her to give me a call. Yeah. I think it'd be great. But, um, you know, I guess they covered all the bases, you know, they took good care of me mm-hmm. um, and they addressed, you know, I had some spotting during my pregnancy kind of later on and they addressed that, but I felt rushed every time I was there. Um, I just felt like no one really took the time to answer my questions. Um, my mother, you know, and I had a very strained relationship at that time. And she actually ended up moving out towards the end of my pregnancy before we came back. It was a whole thing. It was really hard. 
Yeah. But um, I really didn't have any support. I had no idea what to expect, what to do. Um, I was just basically, I feel like every time I went there, I was just told, you need to exercise. You need to exercise. And um, <laughs> I was working like 50 hour weeks and I was just exhausted the entire pregnancy. Like I have literally never felt so bad in my life that yeah. I did in the pregnancy. And I would talk to some people who was like, you're like, oh my God, I felt amazing during my pregnancy. You know, you're on these prenatal vitamins and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I have never been so tired in all my life. Like good um, for you, but no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I had a male doctor and I feel like that may have influenced things. Mm. And I think for like, as I get established here, now that I'm back home and I, I do want to have another one. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with a female this time. Nothing against male doctors, but I feel like I just really needed that understanding and that touch and mm-hmm. just that empathy, um, which I will also, you know, kind of elaborate on during the delivery room. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. think it makes a difference. I don't want to um, blow up anything about your story, but I, I have st- seen statistics that show it's not whether or not a male is able to provide the same level of care, but um it it can actually create an anxiety reaction in the woman's body just to have a man walk in the room on a visit or during labor that can slow or completely stall labor wow <laughs> hey, i believe that yeah it, i mean there's just a, a a number of of bad anxiety issues and not everybody feels that way but it's important to know that that's real because i think yeah. a lot of people are like oh you know i'm just being sick no like if that's really how you feel, then that's how your body's reacting to it and you need to listen to it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that definitely could be a factor. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I just didn't feel like, I don't know. I just felt like there was just some level of understanding that just wasn't there. Yeah. The whole, um, the whole time, but, but he took good care of me and, um, you know, they always check my levels for everything. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little mixed bag, but I can't, you know, yeah. there's just some doctor's offices a lot of times like in modern times I know that they have um bills to pay and um yeah. they're usually under corporate management and everything so they have to see so many in a you know an mm-hmm. hour or whatever um but it just felt like it was very rushed yeah yeah um so y- you said you know your your mom moved out it sounds like you didn't have a great support system I'm hearing that your sister was pregnant about the same time but did you have any other friends or anybody else really to talk to I really didn't <clears throat> um one friend uh that I you know this girl that I knew back in like middle and high school we were never like friends never hung out but I mean we knew each other and were friendly in class Mm-hmm. um and we are friends on Facebook she and I just started talking because she was pregnant at the same time as well it felt yeah. like everybody <laughs> was pregnant um but well she okay just... but that was that was during lockdown right no no, no this was in 2021 oh okay okay I got so pregnant in January of... of 2021 so it was okay. like right after the major lockdown people were still being weird though you know and yeah uh the appointments were different you know yeah. with masks and who can come and whatnot and a lot of people were pregnant <laughs> they were yes yeah. I mean it just felt like there was something in the water mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> but uh, I really didn't have a support system and I just didn't have anyone to talk to I would try to talk to my twin and mm-hmm. she just had a lot on her plate um and really yeah. wasn't in a place to be there for me 
yeah. you know, so um, she, yeah, it was just a struggle. It was. That's, that's hard. Yeah. And it doesn't make it easier that your hormones are doing what they're doing. Yes. Oh my gosh. I felt yeah. pretty crazy most of my pregnancy. But I think uh, that's because I didn't sleep. Uh, just didn't sleep during yeah. pregnancy. Yeah. How are you supposed to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. So I just had to work all the time. And so it yeah. was not fun. It was not fun. It does not sound like it. <laughs> So tell me, um, going, going into the labor, what, did you have any like expectations or, or anything that you really wanted that was important to you out of it? You know, I really didn't even know what to expect. And it's funny how like my labor even started because I woke up that morning and I was supposed to be induced either. I was on like standby to be induced mm-hmm. either that day or the next day. And I woke up at seven o'clock that morning on Wednesday, the 28th and of September. So my baby just turned one. <laughs> um, and I noticed that there was like this clear fluid that, you know, it was amniotic fluid. Yeah. But it wasn't like what you see in the movies. Mm-mm, it's not but a big I was splash. Told you wouldn't see that, you know? So I was like, okay, I think this is started. Well, I'm like, okay the doctor's office doesn't open until eight. So mm-hmm. I was like, we got to wait. This is like seven o'clock because they hadn't really given me any clear instructions on what to do. Yeah. So I called them and I'm waiting on a response and I leave a message. No one, it's like nine 30. No one has called me back. And I'm like, you know, I'm starting to have contractions and stuff. And I'm, you know, my fluid at that point is starting to pick up more and more. And I'm going through underwear and I'm like in the shower because I want to be as clean as I can before I go yeah. to, uh, to the hospital because I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to shower there. Just don't. So anyways, Tyler's like, I think we need to go. So anyways, we ended up finally getting a call at like, I'm going to say they called me back at like 1030 and we're like, yeah, you need to go. Yeah. So I get there and um, they were like, yeah, you still like your sack is still intact. Like you haven't, it's not really completely whatever like your water hasn't completely broken so we need to call your doctor and we Mm -hmm. need to see if he wants to do this today so So you're you're leaking but maybe just a little bit it was quite a bit but yeah I mean it sounds if you said like you're going through underwear yeah I went through multiple pairs of underwear and I was just like yeah this isn't they were like and they kept asking me are you sure you haven't peed I'm like I'm I'm positive like yeah I have peed on myself enough during this pregnancy I'm fully aware of what it is I know what pee smells like (laughs) yeah and I was like it's all over it's all in my floor I was like I just had to get a towel to get it up I was like it's not like a huge gush but it's like enough yeah but they were like okay well the whole thing had like your water hasn't really technically fully broken we need to call your doctor and see if he wants to do this today (laughs) or if he wants to wait until tomorrow well my hospital is like 45 minutes away from where I was living so I was immediately upset because I didn't want uh to be leaking amniotic fluid because at this point I was like I feel like I've seen this at some point like within the last couple of weeks I feel like this has been going on mm-hmm. and I did find out in like labor that it had been going on and I oh. had been leaking for some time oh well they end up having to do this test to test to make sure that it's amniotic fluid because they didn't believe me I guess I don't yeah. know so they have to make sure and they're like yes it is okay well we're still waiting to hear back from your doctor um to make sure that he wants to do this so I sat in like this waiting area that I guess is specifically for OB patients for about an hour 
before they finally were like, okay, yeah, he said, let's do this. We can go ahead and start inducing. So it was probably 11, 30 or 12 before we really got the show on the road. Yeah. And at this point, you 12, 30. Were you having any kind of like regular contractions or Brexton Hicks or anything like that? They were, they were little. Okay. Like contractions and I really wasn't cramping that bad so everything was pretty chill and um you know the baby's heartbeat was all good my everything was just kind of like I don't know it was just Mm low-key and they were certainly not in any rush but they finally got me into um a room and that's when we kicked everything off and they um they gave me Pitocin or is it Pitocin what is it Pitocin is one of the things that they will give at that point. I think it's Pitocin that they get. I could I couldn't remember if that's how you pronounce it. But they started giving me that and I started progressing um really well. Mm -hmm. Like they were really happy with how it was going. I did not get an epidural right off the bat. And one thing I will say that I was unhappy about because I know um a coworker of mine who went to the same OB practice and was under the care of one of the physicians and she had other like pain reliever options I was Mm -hmm. basically told that all I could do was either an epidural or nothing okay and I was told that she had been given something that was um I don't know quite what it was she didn't I think she might have told me and this has been like a year ago Mm -hmm. but it's like something that kind of makes you feel loopy but it's like I think it's something that they give you in an IV or something okay so there is there are some different things. I'm trying to remember what I know about. I know that you can do like a spinal tap, which would be different than the full-on epidural. Um, I know nitrous is a thing that's not readily available in the United States, but it's getting more popular. That's what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely didn't have that. Yeah. But uh, Man, yeah, I was just told epidural or nothing, but mm-hmm. there was something that she had taken that was, it wasn't quite as invasive or as major as that, that kind of yeah. just like, take some of the feeling away I think and just kind of chills you out Hmm. but I was not given that option and um but I just kept progressing and the pain was really not that bad for me yeah like I know I hear people say like it gets really bad I think I was at a six by the time I finally got one okay and I still wasn't in that bad of pain but I was like (laughs) I just kind of felt like I feel like I'm gonna be in the thick of it and it's gonna be the worst pain of my life and I'm not gonna be able to handle it handle it and I'm gonna wish like so many moms have told me that I would have done it, even though my mom had, you know, I'm one of five and she mm-hmm. had us all naturally and yeah. I, you know, I'm a twin too. And she had us all naturally she oh, holy crap. to let me know that. And just <laughs> know that. Can I interview your mom? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, mom, you're a beast, but yeah. listen, I'm not on that level. Okay. I'm uh-uh. a baby and I'm okay with that. So yeah. I'm going for the epidural. It was just, I just kind of wanted to feel it and it kind of wanted to have the whole experience before I had the epidural and Mm -hmm. to be honest, I'm glad I did Mm -hmm. because I did not understand how bad the epidural like would affect me. Yeah. Did not know like how loopy I would be. Okay. And, um, the anesthesiologist who actually was the one who administered my anesthesia anesthesia whenever I'd had my, um, arm implant removed, just Mm -hmm. like at that point, what? 15 months before yeah not long. um he was the one who you know did my epidural and I was like oh hey you probably don't remember me but I remember you <laughs> <laughs> but he overshot my epidural it hurt immensely going in oh okay and then afterwards he was like oh it's it's not it that didn't hurt that's not that bad 
so again like here I am like dealing with like a man who just isn't doesn't have that softness that I'm like needing in that moment and it was yeah. like excruciating in my spine um and I've never had anything like that done before so that was hard but apparently he overshot it because when it went into effect all of a sudden I literally can't feel anything from like my boobs down like I can feel my boobs up and then that's yeah. it. I literally cannot feel anything down my blood pressure tanked from like my blood pressure was a little high during labor which I guess it's going to be yeah. I mean not like high high but it it, it will high. increase yeah yeah and it dropped to like 70 over 40 and was continuing to oh, do this. Goodness. and okay. so they quickly had to do something and this whole time like I literally just feel like I weigh a million pounds like I feel like I'm being weighed down by a bed of rocks going down to the lakeside bottom or something yeah so I can't feel anything. I can't really participate. Um, I don't feel like I have anything attached to me. And so I don't remember just a ton, but I do remember that. And I do remember just feeling like time, like I had no concept of time. Yeah. And at some point, and at this point I haven't slept at any, at any point I haven't eaten mm-hmm. and um, I'm exhausted. And my doctor finally comes at like 6.30 or 7 p.m. And he checks me and this is after a long day. And he's like, I've been on call the last three nights. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be the one to deliver you. He's like, I just don't feel safe doing that. It's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel pretty safe yeah. with that either. Okay. He's like, so my partner who's delivered half of the County over the last few decades is going to be the one to deliver you. I'm like, okay, like whatever at that point. I mean, it is what it is. And I yeah. just want to be safe. He ends up breaking my water. Okay. So at this point I'm dilated to like, probably like a seven. Okay. To a seven and my water is still not fully broken. And so he goes ahead and he breaks my water. And so there's like this huge gush. And at that point, I mean, you know, at that point it's, it's like game on. So I had been pacing kind of at a steady rate over the course of a few hours. Once Mm -hmm. he did that, it all moved very quickly. Yeah. And so you're, you've had an epidural, so you're likely on your back in bed at this point. Okay. And did he, did he give you any kind of option? Was that something that you wanted? Was your water broken or was he just like, we're doing this? Yeah, there um, there was no option. Okay. Um, I guess he could see that there had been, you know, been a leak and he knew that we Mm -hmm. were in the thick of this and I guess to push things along. It, it will progress things. Yeah. Gravity. Yeah, will. <laughs> it, it definitely did. Um, yeah. So things went very quickly after that. So mm-hmm. he like, you know, said his goodbyes. I was like, Oh, thank you. Sleep well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so then really, I mean, the nurses, the nurses do, I'm sure mm-hmm. everyone tells you that the nurses do the bulk of the work. Yeah. Um, none of this is like anything you see in the movies and none of this is anything <laughs> like I thought it would be. Mm-mm. Um, and so I had this awesome nurse, you know, she was motherly and she, she was probably like, I don't know, 60 something. And she was like helping me. She's like, okay, we're going to start. Um, she's like, the doctor is, I think he's here. I can't even remember at this point. Again, I'm loopy. She's like, we're going to start doing practice contractions. Okay. Okay. And I'm like, okay, we can try. I literally cannot feel anything. Mm -hmm. Don't know how I'm going to help you, but let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know how long we did practice. I mean, it felt like we were in there for a hot minute. My husband is doing everything he can. He was the best. He was the most supportive from like, you know, I haven't even mentioned him up until this point, but he was amazing. 
oh. um, all the way through, just couldn't have asked for better, but especially when it came down to like being in the bed and it's like getting to be go time and we're doing these um, fake pushes, but I guess it's real pushes. But, yeah, you are pushing. <laughs> um, so she's telling me what I need to do. And oh no, we weren't really pushing. We're just doing like, she's just telling me what I need to do. Oh, okay. Okay. And so I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. And um, so she's just telling me what I need to do. And I'm like, I can't feel anything. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what you want, like whatever. So we probably do this for 20, 30 minutes. I feel like, and she's like, okay, you know what, baby? <laughs> she was getting frustrated because <laughs> I literally can't feel anything. So it's just like me, just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, is, you know I mean? am I like, doing it? <laughs> yeah. Like constipation face. And yeah. she's like, you're pushing in your face, not your body. I'm like, well, that's because I can't feel my body. Yeah um she's like okay well you know what I'm gonna step out for a minute I'm gonna um go get some water you know go to the bathroom and um whenever I get back it's probably gonna be really time it's gonna be actual time to push I'm like uh-huh. okay this is like really happening and <sighs> yeah. I'm just like okay Tyler like I need you to help me get my my mind straight we're about mm-hmm. to do this she's like but you know what but before I walk out let me just double check you real quick so we're on like my 50th cervical exam which is so painful at this yep. point I don't feel it because I have the epidural so whatever but she's <laughs> she checks me and she's like nope we're at a 10 we're going it's like it's happening now it's time and so I'm like oh my gosh so she actually started labor and then the doctor came in while I was in labor Good. so she was there for me really for the majority and he Good. comes in and he's he's trying to get me to push and over and over he's like I need you to push and so I'm giving it my all and again I still cannot feel literally anything yeah so I don't think I was able to push at all he tries and he tries and he tries they ended up having to vacuum my baby out okay use a vacuum to get him out because he had been in the birth canal for too long so I gave it my all towards the end I don't know if any of my pushing actually helped but he he did end up coming out obviously okay (laughs) um it felt like ages but also it felt very quick I don't know how to explain it it just feels in a way kind of like time stops yeah but he comes out and I the only thing I felt during that whole time was when he was like fully exiting Mm -hmm. and that's when I felt like all like the most intense pressure that I've Mm -hmm. ever felt in my life in my you know lower regions yeah and I could tell he was out like my body could just like I could tell even though I can't really feel anything like yeah you can feel the relief of the pressure yeah Yeah. (laughs) relief is the word for it 100 and so they end up bringing him to me I don't know how long like how many moments passed um I I really don't um and they lay him on my chest which obviously that's all I could think about from the time like I found out I was pregnant with him, but they turned his face away from me. So I did not see his face for the first hour that he was alive. But oh. I honestly was like such an, like in such a delirium, you know, <sighs> and so tired that I didn't even care. I yeah. was holding him for literally, I, I just held him for an hour oh. and I held him while they um, were working on me. Yeah. So they were like down there for a minute and I knew the placenta had already come out. And okay. I hear the doctor whispering to the nurse, do they think I can't hear? <laughs> I know I'm loving on my baby. I'm in like this magic wonderland right now and I'm in a stupor, but like I can hear you. Yeah. And I hear them talking about my tear and I'm like, oh my God, 
this was like my worst fear this is like literally like a lot of people are like oh my god the only thing I don't want to do is poop during birth and I'm like yeah. I don't care you know whatever I mean <laughs> that will suck I don't want to tear okay yeah. which will affect my future pooping yeah poop so, wipes off <laughs> tearing does so, not <laughs> you know you know I feel like I can say all that on here because we're talking about birth okay yes yeah. the details so I hear them talking about it and whispering and she's like a second degree and I thought, okay, I could probably do that. I could, I could probably, okay. whatever. And he's like, no, a third. And oh. I'm like, oh. so oh. I can just feel him like, you know, at that point they, I, I think that I can't, they have taken my epidural out at that point. Mm-hmm. And he is like sewing me up and everything. And you can he's feel the tugging. a good while. I do feel the tugging and he oh. is down there for a good while and everything's starting to wear off. And I had to ask, I had to ask like about the tear. Yeah. And because no one wanted to tell me that. Yeah. And so for anyone who doesn't know, that's literally from, you know, my vagina all the way to the opening of my booty. Yeah. So it cut through the muscle and mm-hmm. the, the sphincter or whatever. Yeah. I don't have, um, I don't have the chart in it. First is like lacerations. Like you've got some scratches, maybe a couple of light rips. Yes. Second is when it starts to get into the muscle. And then third is when it goes all the way through the rectum. Yes. Yeah. And the fourth is the worst. And that goes on the other side, I believe. Yeah. The booty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was like a breath away from that. <laughs> and uh, I have to say that that, um, that wasn't good news, but obviously in that moment, I just don't even care because I have my baby. I have literally yeah. just everything that I could ever want in the whole world right there. Nothing matters. Um, but that, you know, postpartum, I have to say that terror was as anyone who's had one will know that was pretty gruesome and uh, the pain afterwards you know um because I had a vaginal birth and I didn't have a c-section like my twin and even though I had a tear I was like you know I should be good yeah <laughs> I think maybe I was trying to convince myself that I don't know like it should but, be know, fine. They, were giving, <laughs> they were giving me some pain relievers I'm like oh they'll give me some like low level pain relievers it'll be okay Mm-hmm. it's not I'm in the worst pain that I've ever felt in my entire life yeah. and my my blood pressure is up I've never had I mean my blood pressure is so low like normally like normally I run like 90 over 60 I'm practically oh, okay. like dead okay like it's, <laughs> it's real low and it was like it's had to have been more than double that yeah it had been 180 over something so my blood pressure was so high the pain was so high and we had to work to uh, manage that and I will say that the nurses were amazing after having the baby, even though they're yeah. in there, like every five minutes. I mean, you're not really sleeping anyways because mm-hmm. you're in pain. You're having to feed your child every, what feels like every 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, they were great and helped me through that and helped me manage that pain. And it wasn't anything that had to continue beyond a couple of days of being home. So that was great. Yeah. I feel like I've been rambling, but oh, I didn't. Really? Like, bit of nervousness and also just um trying to like recount everything in my head it's a lot to remember (laughs) yeah and I was trying to do some prep work and I'm like it's honestly so much of it is a blur and I hate that I really hate Mm -hmm. that about my birth story and I feel like maybe it's not true of other moms but I'm like I bet people have just (laughs) birth stories where they're more aware and you know what I mean and just in better rested feeling better just, <laughs> it just I don't know how to test it was just a blur the whole thing was just a blur it was like 
such a long day. I mean, it was from 7 a.m. He was born at 10 22 p.m. But it literally felt like it happened in two hours. Yep. Okay. So I'm not alone. Okay. No, <laughs> you are not alone in that. It is, it's so much time and no time at all, all at once. <laughs> it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. No, nobody remembers all the details. In fact, I'll tell you this. I have a lot of people message me afterward and they're like, oh, I forgot this one detail and we can go back and do <laughs> oh, yeah. additions yeah. if you will. Um, yeah. But I was going to ask you, since we've already gone there with the tear, yeah. um, I know that like a huge problem that they don't really prepare mothers for a lot is um, you know, your pelvic floor has been compromised and now you have to poop and they want you to take laxatives and stool softeners mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff after that. I know I had a really bad experience with that. <laughs> how, yes. how was that? Yes. In fact, uh, my biggest fear post-birth was my first poop. Yeah. Uh, for that very reason. And I was just like, and uh, because I was having to take some pain reliever, they ended up putting me on Percocet. That's like the first time I've ever had anything, I think, of that level. Yeah. Um, but that was the only thing that would even remotely help. And yeah. those things constipate you. And uh-huh. so that was helping. But, you know, I like I obviously couldn't stay on that. I mean, I'm very nervous about that because my family has uh, substance abuse problems. Okay. Um, so, you know, I didn't want to be on this long. And then also I have um, medical issues with my stomach. And so even a single day of being like backed up Constipated. Is, yeah. is really not good for yeah. someone like me. Like that's far worse pain than anything else I could be in. So yeah, I just kind of like enjoyed that day or so that I didn't have anything going on but it came quicker than I thought it was going to it was very it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be um I took as good a care as I could of myself uh what do they call those little bottles the the peri bottles the peri bottle yes oh my god that peri bottle was everything and after after I gave birth um I was at Thomas Hospital in Fairhope Alabama and these toilets were like that they have the seats were heated they had a bidet you know so that really like set everything the set the tone you know and honestly I don't know why I don't still use my peri bottle if I'm being completely honest because that thing is magical but it really helped me it got me through I I think I used that thing for literally two months past wow giving birth like it was such a healing process did anybody tell you about sits baths someone had mentioned that and I'm just gonna be honest the thought of like honestly just sitting <laughs> sitting was hard girl. like and it was very yeah. difficult because especially whenever you've got a newborn yeah and then you're having to get up a million times I'm like you know, honestly I just had to grit my teeth through the pain a lot of the times mm-hmm. and just do my best but sitting mm-hmm. was so hard and so I know a sits bath I could I just couldn't even work up the nerve to to, to go do, that to makes sense it. yeah but, you know, in the middle of all this healing, so that's really bad, you know, and I'm I'm dealing with that tear or whatever, and the pain's real bad, and I've just got all that extra mess going on. I, my bladder prolapsed. Okay. So major, like, pelvic floor. Um, yeah. Stuff, you know, and looking <laughs> back, I'm like, you know, I wish I had had the energy to um, exercise, and I wish I had understood the importance of exercising, because mm-hmm. I didn't understand just how much of a toll birth 
would take, you know, I was like, I feel like I'm in decent enough shape. I'll be okay. No, no, it tore my body up. In Mm -hmm. fact, it's only been like in the last few months that I felt like that I haven't felt like I'm just going to break into at any given time. Um, But yeah, that was just completely wrecked. All that just felt like my lower back and pelvic region just felt like I just snapped like a twig. Uh And the prolapsed bladder, I actually thought had been, I thought it was my prolapsed uterus. I really did because I was out strolling my son. It was, this was like a few weeks postpartum. Okay. So not straight away, but. No. Yeah. But this was before, I believe this was before I went for my six, you know, the six week checkup that you go after to have everything. This was, yeah, this was before that. And I was out walking him and strolling him and I could just feel, it felt like, like I had a tampon half sticking out or something, you know, I could just feel something. I'm like, what in the world is that? And I noticed it for the whole walk and I kept noticing it. And I finally just took a mirror down there because at that point, I mean, yeah. what else you can do? just goes out the damn door. You don't care. <laughs> took a mirror down there and I'm like, oh my God, what is that? I was like, I swear that looks like it's my cervix. Cause like I could see the hole. Yeah. You know? And I was like, that's my cervix. And I was like, it is right there. It's like in my nanu. Like, I was like, it's about to, it's going to come out. And so I have my husband look, he's like, I see it. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Like, I'm freaking out. So I call my doctor. I'm like, I think my, you know, my uterus is prolapsed. Well, they get me in or whatever. They actually made me wait. I had to wait a few days. They did not get me in. They were were acting like, oh, it ain't no thing with a chicken wing. I'm like, I have an organ that's about to come out of my vagina. I didn't even know that that was even like a thing. I realized you probably aren't (laughs) stressed about this. You understand how uncomfortable this is. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, like I just was waddling around, like it was just the worst. Um, but they got me in and believe it or not, when I went there, the doctor was like, I don't see anything. And I was like, I just don't understand, dude. It's literally right there. Yeah. You don't even have to like go in. You just, you see it right there. Yeah. Okay. It's plain as day. I ended up going in a bag like two weeks later. I was like, I'm telling you, this is still like there. It's bothering yeah. me. He's like, I think it's your bladder. And he's like, do keep okay. it do kegels and I'm like are you serious right now he's like the best thing you can do right now is kegels we he's like we could False. possibly do surgery down the line he's like but I don't think it's really going to help that much and like it would be a a decent surgery for them to go in there and tack up my bladder I guess you know if they don't have any other reason yeah I, well, a lot I of people have to get like a mesh or something I've heard that yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was offered none of this and it was just there sitting at the opening for like, I don't know, probably a couple months. And I just kept doing my Kegels. And I guess it went away. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> I don't have a heart to look anymore, but I don't feel it. So I hope it's okay. Okay. And I'm a little behind on my OB uh, follow-up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was fun. And I just, it was one of those things where he, he honestly made me feel like I was crazy. Yeah, my husband clearly saw it you could take a picture of it and I'm like I don't understand why you're being like this like I don't understand how you don't see it and why you're making me feel like like I'm don't know what I'm talking about he's like it's very rare for a uterus to prolapse and I'm like okay that doesn't mean there's not something sticking out like (laughs) yes he's like well I think it's your bladder and I'm like okay well it's nice to have an answer but I guess I'll just work on my kegels thanks for nothing yeah and I never so 
I very rarely do this. I'm going to make a recommendation for you. When you do go in to talk to your OB, ask about PT therapy um, because Kegel strength is not the only factor. Pliability is also an issue. It's got to be able to stretch in certain ways and you can actually cause problems by continuing to tone the Kegel muscles if they aren't flexed the correct way. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That has probably happened to me. So, you know, I just feel like that that's a huge gap in um, this realm of healthcare. I just feel like it's massive. They assume we know. No, yeah. I don't know. And you tell me I shouldn't believe everything I read online, but that's literally my only resource other than mm-hmm. other moms. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how much you can believe that you read. Yeah. But, and, you know, honestly, based on reading, based on reading online, I thought it was my uterus that prolapsed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for all you know, it was. Or yeah. you might go in and your doctor might say, you know, we, we still don't see anything wrong. And then, okay, but at least then you've got a second opinion. <laughs> and you and I, I should have gotten a second opinion. Yeah. But uh, those postpartum days are hard. Yeah. I feel like they are for everyone. Um, I, you know, I had uh, really bad postpartum depression. Yeah. That I didn't even recognize, you know, at the time. What, but, what helped you recognize honestly my realtor (laughs) my realtor she was like she just saw it you know and I just took it as what I was experiencing was just uh normal run of the mill yeah and she's like I'm just seeing it in your eyes like you know your soul is just is not well and um yeah like she she could see it and you know I had an inkling because I definitely struggled with the baby blues right after, like so much so that, I mean, all these, you know, beautiful pictures that you see, newborn pictures that you see uh, that people get, you know, that so full hundreds of, of dollars on. Yeah. Um, of course I would have loved, you know, I felt like, you know, it's my first baby. I should probably have done that. Well, I was not, I don't know how anyone has the will to put on makeup or get ready or, how they can even fit that in between a screaming baby because my baby was not easy. Yeah. But, you know, for the first couple of weeks, especially was real bad baby blues, but it, it lingered after, but it was so bad, especially that first month that like, you know, the mobile in his room that played twinkle, twinkle, little star. Like it, I couldn't stay in the room while my husband was rocking him to that tune. Like I would just, I was just bawling. I was just a mess. I had to leave. I was torn up like some of the saddest that I've ever been in my entire life. And I have like major depression and anxiety as well as like true OCD. I know everybody's like, oh my God, I have OCD, but like for real OCD. Like diagnosed. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've worked really hard on those over the years and I worried while I was pregnant, what that would be like for me after I Mm -hmm. gave birth. It definitely had its complications for me during pregnancy. I was not in a good place during pregnancy. I had a lot of stressors, a lot of things going on in my life. Mm-hmm. But um, it really, de- it definitely hit me hard after yeah. giving birth. And um, I want to say it wasn't until the last, honestly, two or three months that I've started to feel okay. You a know? little more. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just, wow. It's just like, I don't know, it's a dark, deep abyss. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm making assumptions that you were likely on medications before. Were you able to, to be on medications during the pregnancy or, or have you yes. gotten on anything since? Um, yeah. In fact, um, I've been on something for, well, since I was 18, I'm almost 32 okay. and the medicine that I'm on now, um, it's worked for me since I was like 20. So I've been okay. on it for a long time. For a while. Yeah. And, uh it's one of those, it's like, I take the lowest dose possible. It's one of the, um, it's Celexa. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I take 10 milligrams of that and, um, you know, I talked it over with my doctor as well as my, um, with my OB, as well as my PCP that mm-hmm. I had at the time, you know, about taking that during pregnancy. And mm-hmm. they both agreed that, you know, the risk of taking that away would be greater far greater than yeah. what it could possibly do to the baby. So, you know, Good. I know that that's a hot topic mm-hmm. and that a lot of people probably don't agree with it. And then at the end of the day, I do hate that I had to take that, you know, and that my baby mm-hmm. received that, but, you know, honestly, I can't function without it and I wouldn't be here yeah. without it. And so um, it wasn't honestly enough still taking that after giving birth mm-hmm. for it to see me through, but um I went through so much to find the right medication um, that there's no way that I was going to go through any of that again to try to like mess with dosages or find something different. And again, like I didn't, I just thought it was something I would snap out of. And I thought it was just something Mm -hmm. pretty normal that, you know, just, oh, some moms struggle more than others. So it took honestly probably six months for me to realize that it was postpartum depression. It was what it was. Yeah. Were you, um, were you breastfeeding or were you using formula? So I feel like that honestly went hand in hand with my postpartum depression, to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, so for that first week, you know, like I didn't sleep. I hardly had, but a couple hours sleep that first week that he was alive, mm-hmm. like from the day he was born. Um, and so I was just really struggling and, I really wanted to breastfeed. I did for six weeks. Yeah. Um, it was my plan to breastfeed. I mean, I bought the nice LV pumps, you know, mm-hmm. I was set up, but you know, my mom, she breastfed most of us. I found out after the fact that <laughs> we ended up having some formula at some point, <laughs> but um, I kind of grew up in this house where it's like, you have your babies naturally and you don't use formula. Yeah. You breastfeed. Well, and- well yeah. nothing well, I guess what I did the exact opposite of everything <laughs> and that's what I had to do for me and that's what I suggest anyone do they do whatever works for them so yes we started supplementing honestly while we were in the hospital because the colostrum like it was a you know they say like it's supposed to be enough mm-hmm. well he's still crying out of hunger yeah and it's just not enough there was no way I could produce enough and giving him my all I was mm-hmm. like I still wasn't my breast like my milk didn't like fully like what is it? What do they call where it like um um like engorgement or not lets out not lets oh out. they'll let down drops yeah 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 where it like fully like you know what I mean like after after a couple of weeks like fully comes in yeah well it was taking forever to come in and so I was having to supplement him from day one just so he could get what he needed yeah to stop crying go to sleep and be okay and like get the weight on that he needed to yeah and so um it just got to a point where um. I couldn't keep up with it um, because, you know, I thought you could sleep for three hours and then breastfeed. No, that you don't know. It doesn't work like that at all. So Mm -hmm. you're literally like awake or you're getting to sleep for maybe an hour and then you're continuing to breastfeed. I don't know how people do it. 
So I couldn't do it for my mental health. Like if I don't have enough sleep, then my mental uh-huh. health completely tanks. Mm-hmm. And it did. And so I told my husband, I said, something's got to go. Like, I, I can't continue to do this. Yeah. So we started taking uh, shifts at night. Yeah. And so he'd go in the room, you know, go in our room for six hours and sleep. And I would be up and down with the baby. And then he'd come in there and I'd go in, you know, take care of the baby for six hours. I'd go in there and sleep so we could get some uninterrupted sleep. Yeah. Well, if you're, you know, sleeping for six hours and you're not feeding your baby and you're not keeping up with your milk supply, well, I'm not producing what I need to. Mm -hmm. So eventually it just keeps going down and down and down and we're having to use more and more formula. So the sad thing is the last time we nursed, I didn't even realize was the sad, you know, like I didn't realize it. So yeah, I want to say it was like a week or two later, I was like trying with him and it was pretty much gone at that point. And I just yeah. cried because he wanted to, and I couldn't. And breastfeeding is like the most magical thing I've probably ever experienced, if I'm going to be honest, besides yeah. obviously the act of giving birth to my son mm-hmm. and holding him. Breastfeeding is just, wow. I've never known a piece like that on earth in my yeah. life. It just gets me teary out thinking about it. It's like the most beautiful thing that I've ever experienced. And my mom, you know, she said it would be, and it was. So, um, it killed me that I didn't have, I guess, the mental health <laughs> that I needed yeah. and wasn't able to just go without sleep. So I, I just wasn't able to keep that up. But yeah. he's a formula baby, but yeah. he is a healthy baby. Um, <laughs> so that's that's all that matters. And so, you know, there's a guilt. There is a guilt. Yeah. There is a huge guilt that came from, you know, not breastfeeding anymore. And I had been leaning towards that almost from the get-go because I could see that my mental health and like with sleep and everything I just couldn't do it yeah but his pediatrician was very pushy about me continuing and like that's best for him and and everything like that and I thought I mean like you know I'm not trying to get all dark and mopey and everything but like I just thought if I continue this much longer where I'm not you know doing Mm -hmm. formula like I don't know that I'm going to be here in this world to even be here with him like so what Mm -hmm. is more important at the end of the day yes exactly you know I see all these posts on Facebook about these moms breastfeeding I'm like that's wonderful and it is and I'm so happy for y'all and I love that for y'all and just I just wish they would understand that's that's not always an option for Mm -mm. everyone you know no it's it's not and putting yourself first is so important in those moments because in that you are providing for your child you're not only providing for their nutritional needs, but you're providing for their emotional needs by being the best parent you can be and being making yourself available in that way. Yeah. And even so. though, you know, my mind, my brain knew that, you know, logically, I was just like, it just tore me up and I just felt like I was failing him. And like, even still, like, I I just still wish that I could have, I could have kept that up longer, but oh. six weeks was all I could do. I want to give you a hug. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Megan. uh, Yeah, if I have another one, I don't know what I'll do. You know, I I think about that because, uh, will I even try to do that? You know, will I give it a go and kind of do what I did this time and just know that it'll run its course? Mm -hmm. I don't know, but uh, can't worry about that too much, I guess. Yeah. But motherhood, I have found with this one, you know, there's so much knowing there's so much that I've learned you know I just wish I knew then what I know now and uh 
I definitely can go in if I have another one and I just know better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and at the hospital, they felt, they make you feel like you're going to break your baby. Like you can't, like you can't do anything. Like I should have just had him with me the entire time. Never should have put him in his little bassinet and should have just breastfed him and slept with him. But they make Mm -hmm. you feel like you can't do things like that. There's like SIDS, SIDS. And I want to say, you know, like how have our ancestors done like all these years? Like I really just wish that I had listened to my body more than I had. Just all this stuff but yeah I think I one thing like I think would have been helpful to me that I did have access to a couple of times that I think people need to be like oh I should try this is if you have somebody in your life who is available and willing let them watch you sleep while holding the baby because yeah. then they get to nurse they're being safely supervised just let them watch you and then you get to sleep (laughs) yes yes yes. that That would be a huge gift (laughs) yeah (laughs) and my husband I mean he would do it he would Um, he has been amazing he still is and he uh my my baby still doesn't sleep good (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and from what I've learned being in all these forums and just talking to other moms it is a baby by baby thing yeah every Uh, baby's different just yeah every baby's different and some of them are just going to continue to wake in the night, but mm-hmm. I work nights. Uh, I keep him during the day and I work yeah, usually up until about 10 30 or 11 at night. Okay. So his daddy sleeps with him and yeah. gets up with him in the night because my husband can handle, can handle that so much better than I can. Yeah. Cause at the end, at the end of the day, mama's got to sleep at, at some point. Um, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's our, our life. That's our schedule. That's our little <laughs> I don't know you may not want to include this in your podcast because it's like we definitely don't have a normal setup I guess well, but I, it I, works for us I think I definitely will because a lot of a lot of moms are in your shoes and they need to know <laughs> um, I, I think it's definitely going to bless somebody to hear this because the whole thing about normal birth there is no such thing everybody's experience is unique and in that way everybody has some shared experience with somebody else I guarantee you other people are going through this and just nobody's talking about it yeah I uh, I will say I've never really I've never shared yeah these things until now um it's just yeah you just feel like nobody wants nobody cares nobody cares yeah. to listen and it's like even if they did they'd be like oh my god you're crazy like what yeah. no I did not have that experience you know <laughs> so you worry about people being able to relate to you but um mm-hmm. we ought to know that most of our situations and circumstances are not unique to us yeah and it definitely helps to share that with others but yeah well thank you so much for sharing with me yeah thank you for having me um yeah and uh, talking with me yeah. So what would you say before we go? Yeah. What would you say would be if you had to like boil it all down to an elevator speech advice for another mom, what would mm-hmm. you say would be yours? Um, I would say do a little prep, but don't get crazy on it because mm-hmm. nothing goes to plan. <laughs> um, everything will go right out the window. So just be prepared for it be prepared for whatever there is no preparing (laughs) um and learn about wake windows yeah 
I would learn about that. That's just something that really would help me, I think, in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and trust your instincts. That's my mm-hmm. biggest thing. Trust your instincts and yeah. your body and do not listen to what other mother your own mother even you know don't listen to what other people are saying if yeah. it's not helpful if it's like if they're like oh no don't do it like that you do what works for you yes. that's, that's my biggest advice yeah awesome perfect thank you so much thank you Megan for letting yeah. me come here and spill my guts thank yeah <laughs> anytime and if you think of anything else definitely just shoot me a message and we oh. will talk I love what you're doing, by the way. I love this idea, this whole concept, and I loved it whenever you announced it. Okay. And um, I love listening to them because yeah. everybody does have something good to share, and it does make me feel less alone. So good. I hope yeah. you keep it up, whether you get big with it one day or not. Yeah. Like, it's awesome, and I hope you I hope you get a lot of, out of it, too. Awesome. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Britton. <laughs> Thanks, Megan. Have a good night. You too. See you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Normal Birth Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or are interested in being on the show, please send me an email to normalbirthpod at gmail.com.